Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live, part of Pittsburgh Baseball Now. Jeez, it's been three weeks since we've done that. <laughs> I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Tyler. We got Jim. What's up, fellas? How you doing? That hasn't been three weeks. We just did one last week. Well, we did the Fanboys, yeah. and that wasn't like yeah. really like this yeah. show. Yeah, that we, counts. We were literally on last week. I know we were on last week, but I don't think I had to say that. I don't know if I said that part because it was a fan. I don't know. Whatever. I have dealt with the biggest babies in the world this entire day about this podcast. You two have whined nonstop. You guys are the worst. You all are the worst. I'm trying to set up a show. What are we going to talk I, about? What did I do? What are we going to talk about? I don't know. I don't even get an idle nose. Just completely ignores. No, I, say anything. I threw out some topics. Tyler starts talking about how much he hates his job. Yeah, that's what I do. Jim just starts rattling off like 38 different ideas. And they're like, none of them intertwine. It's something completely different. Just goes this whole opposite direction. I got to create a graphic. I got to get the show together. And then, and then I find out like at, at 8.55, right? Five minutes before the show goes on, Jim's reaching out to people to come on, I think. <laughs> 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 changing the show to go a whole nother direction. Honestly, I should have reached out to uh, our boy, Mark Simon. From the fielding, <laughs> the fielding Bible or whatever. Um, Cause yeah, we caused, that was basically, there was a little bit of a stir on pirates Twitter today. A little bit of a yeah. wrinkle. Got reinvigorated since uh, the season ended. Yeah. Yeah. All I know is you two whined nonstop the last two hours about what we're going to talk about. And I just kept saying, just, just let it ride. We're good. We're good, boys. You say we whined. You didn't participate. You didn't yeah, add anything. I was watching you guys whine. This, this is, you know, this is literally why I, this I, I come over all of you guys. This, this is why we need more people. I guess it's a good one. Let's plug it again. One more time for the very last time. This is the last call. But but yes, once again, we at North Carolina are looking to add probably two more people this upcoming season. Um, do a lot of the post-game shows after the Pirates games, right? And uh, as we mentioned, we'll be doing something this off-season to add those two people. So if you are interested, again, this is last call. Reach out to us, DM myself, DM Tyler, DM Jim, whomever it is. You can email us, you can well, however you want to reach us at. Go ahead and reach us if you have interest, because I'm so sick and tired of Tyler and Jim. I didn't do anything. We need new blood. Like I all I did today was work my butt off. Just sit there and prepare for our little show tonight. And I've got you two just want 
running back and forth, and Jim saying, oh, I got to put pants on. And Donardo, what are we going to talk about? And then Jim, oh, why don't we just cancel? And then Donardo, oh, but what if we find a guest? And then Jim, oh, I already reached out to four people. I'm just sitting there laying in bed like, just wake me up two minutes for a show. So if you we want to join, that, Jim. welcome to the group chat. Also, fix your audio, Tyler. Yeah, your mic sounds terrible. Jeez. Well, if we <laughs> if we we're on before eight fifty nine to prep, yeah, my mic is in. It's better now. All right, so we're five minutes in. All we heard about was Tyler complaining. So let's. Uh, oh dear lord! No, I let's actually, let's get Jim, in. Let's get in. Jim, 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 Jim. Yeah. How was how was the steak down in Texas? It was good. I had prime rib. It was great. Right on the right on the San Antonio River Walk. You, it it looked like you had a, looked like you had a little compound butter on there. A little bit of butter, side yeah. of veggies, a couple little potatoes. So you went prime rib. Was it bone in? No. Oh, it did look bone in. Maybe I was wrong. No, it was it was delicious though. I'm usually not. I'm more of like a fillet guy than a prime rib guy. Oh, of course you are. But. uh I that's went prime rib. Right. It was their specialty, and it was it was great. I, that's I, about right. It was good. He's a filet guy. Sounds about right. Child. Your mic still sucks, by the way. You suck. Okay. So let's start talking about today. The Fielding Bible Awards get announced. Was it the Fielding Nolan. Bible Awards? Yeah, I thought it was the Silver Slugger Awards. The Silver I mean, the Slugger. The way the voting happened and worked out. Yeah. yeah. I didn't so, realize Fielding was involved. The tweet, Nolan Arenado wins for third base, right? And within the tweet, one of his highlights is that he was the second best third baseman. <laughs> According to their statistic, defensive run saved. There's so many layers to un- unpack here. Just, just so many. I mean, the very first one is the fact that Cabrian Hayes was the best defender in all of baseball. Wait, was he the the end up being the best or second? He was Actually, the best in all of baseball. Okay, I couldn't remember. Okay, so all of baseball, he was the best. Not even at third, all of baseball. But mind you, just at third base, he was the best defensive third baseman. Like as you talked about with defensive run save, many other metrics as well. So I mean, just with that being said, amazing season by him defensively. Yeah, there you go. 24 total runs saved. Arenado 19. So, like, tremendous by Arenado, but really, it, like, it wasn't even close. Well, and this is my thing. Like, <clears throat> so the explanation that I got when, you know, Mark Mark Simon was one of the guys who was doing it. He was like, hey, if you have any questions on the Fielding Bible Awards, feel free to ask. So my question was, why didn't the best third baseman win the award, right? And then he started saying, well, some of the voters – went with the eye test. (laughs) And here's my deal. Like I'm fine. Like if Nolan Arenado is here, let's say it's Cabrian Hayes at 24 and Arenado's at 23. And like, if you look at outs above average, Arenado's ahead of Hayes. And if you look at fielding percentage, they're like the same, right? If, if like everything is kind of equal, then sure. Go ahead and do your eye test. But like there isn't a single defensive category 
that Nolan Arenado is better than Key Brian Hayes at. So there's really no need for an eye test. Like this stat that they literally, this is their stat. Like this website does this stat. And uh, Key Brian Hayes is the best defender by a landslide. It's not even close. Yeah, to firstly say that Jim really ruined his argument by having a grammatical error in responding to Mark Simon there. He doesn't know the correct your, your, and your. Thanks for pointing that out. What a dummy. But regardless, uh, everything you guys say is right. Like It's it's the same thing as a gold glove. It's all going to be based on the bat. Cabrian Hayes is never going to get defensive recognition outside of just the whispers of that guy's really good at third base until he he's able to hit like an average major leaguer. And until then, as I think everyone knows, these awards are pretty useless. But what's and wild I, is I don't like, know what this award is. Like so what's wild is like this award is invented by sabermetricians who were sick and tired of the gold glove award being subjective and given to people who couldn't field and could hit like they literally, they created this award because of those things that you just said, Tyler. And guess what? Key Brian Hayes won this award last year. Like last year he won this award. And then this year he actually plays a full season and he beats Arenado by a ton and he finishes second to him. So it's just one of those deals where, like, I mean, this isn't a big deal. This this is, like, a made-up award. There's no hardware. Like, none of this really matters. But, like, when you're a Pirates fan and it's October 27th, this is, like, all you have to look forward <laughs> to is, like, hey, we've got this one really good defensive third baseman. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I want to. I want to see him win an award, get it, get the recognition he deserves. So it's a little frustrating. I mean, it is funny. Obviously, I I know very little about this award, whatever the fielding Bible is. I don't really care. But the fact that you just mentioned that it's an award done by sabermetricians to eliminate the eye test, and then they point out the eye test on why they gave it to this guy. That's where we are with sabermetrics at this point. But and like, like that's literally where I'm at. If I expect for the gold glove, Arenado win it for all the reasons that we've talked about. The thing about this award, and yes, Jim, I also go with you. Like a lot of what I'm saying on Twitter is kind of fake outrage because I, I actually really don't care that much. It is what it is. And this is a fake award of the fake awards, right? It's just something to get fired up for. And I guess it's it's not so much that like I care that Cabrian Hayes was, you know. This, this was stolen yeah. from him. It's not so much that. It's just you guys are an idiots. Like this, the, the the way you came to your conclusion is dumb, and that's what it is. It's not so much that like, oh my god, I can't believe Cabron Hayes, and I, I'm outraged because Cabron Hayes needed to win this. It's just you guys are dumb dumbs. <laughs> like literally, what you're saying when you go to their Twitter bio, providing accurate and trusted analytics to MLB teams, media, and fans. Their tagline is the data you need to win. Their, their, their stat is defensive run save. And, and the way they came to the conclusion of who the best defenseman was, was throwing the stats and analytics and data out the window and saying, 
It was the eye test. So, right. Like, so what are you doing? What, what's the point? How are you marketing your site when you're saying we don't trust what we're providing MLB teams, media, and fans? We're going back old school with the eye test. So Cabrian Hayes literally does everything that you you show and prove of why you are relevant and you need to have a podcast and a, a site and people give you money for to then say, don't trust this shit. You should do what we were doing in 1973. Can I just say Jim had the ultimate response there after he had a grammatical error of that just tells me the Cardinals were on TV more than the Pirates. There's no chance they watch Cabrian Hayes play third base. Zero. No, you're. They definitely <laughs> saw more. They definitely saw more Arenado plays than Hayes plays. Because if if that's your excuse, is the eye test? There was absolutely nothing that Cabrian Hayes did this year to not prove with an eye test that that he also deserved this. But anyways, yeah, it's I mean, he deserved to win it based off of what this site represents. We've given this way more time know. than anybody ever should, but it's worthwhile discussion just based on it's where relevant. we are right now. But it's just well, I mean, based it, on where we are in baseball right now. But I will say this, like, I mean, it it, it created quite a stir today. On, I did. mean, for, for something to create a, a stir on Pirates Twitter on October 27th, it it got as close as one can possibly do that. Yeah. Especially whenever the original author couldn't like correctly type out your. Right. Well, speaking of that author too, like you said, Jim, the, the SIS baseball group chat right now talking about these pirates. fans. <laughs> That's probably what it was like. Holy shit. These guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're probably like, this is the only thing they have to look forward to. Like, yeah, and I'm sure I didn't go through every you know every tweet and all the comments, but I'm I'm sure it was just all flow with Pirates fans. Like everyone, every other team's fans probably like really care much. They don't like. Care. Oh, they don't cool. even know what the award is. Yeah, it's right. Look, I, look I didn't tweet, know what the award like was. Three likes, four comments. Five likes, two comments, and then the, and I then the Arenado one, five thousand <laughs> retweets, <laughs> quote tweets, <laughs> eight thousand comments. Yeah. I didn't know what the award was, and even I jumped in the mix. And then, you know, I took over it, so I I kind of created a stir there. So yeah, but you're um, welcome. Yeah, I mean, Cabrera Hayes fun. won the award last year. Like he won it last year, and uh, now last year he beat out Arenado by like fifteen defensive runs saved. Like it was not even close. Um. So maybe that's just what he needs to do. If he wants to win the award, he has to just remove all doubt. And I was going to say, like last year, I felt like Hayes, or not Hayes, um, Arenado had like a down year as part of it. But yeah, so so what you're saying, last year Hayes had 16 defensive runs saved, wins it. This year he had 24, does not. I'm going to go to Arenado right now. As you guys can keep talking. because we can As well... To be fair, Jim brought up one more good point. Last one I'll credit him for. I don't know what the hell that Moses fellow was looking at. <laughs> Moses. Yeah, that's true. What was Moses thinking? So, so like on the ballot, they had Moses. Moses put – what did he do? He, he had it, Hayes like fourth. He had Hayes fourth. He had Matt Chapman second, I think. I yes. believe that's correct. Yep. 
and I'm trying to go back here and look. All right, yeah, Moses, Matt Chapman second. Matt Chapman this year, defensive run saved. He had two. <laughs> two defensive runs saved. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt Chapman, he was second. And then he put Machado third. Machado this year, defensive run saved. I'm still scrolling, you guys. Still scrolling. Still scrolling. Or just waiting with bated breath. Still scrolling. Keep scrolling, Jim. <laughs> I think the Negative listeners three. love it. Negative, Negative three. <laughs> so he put both of those two above Hayes. And ultimately, that's what caught because I mean, Hayes lost by two yeah. points. So that's ultimately what cost him. Is that? And that's right. the guy that works just going back to the Arenado thing. So Arenado, like you mentioned, had 19 this year. Last year he had six. So like I know it was a down year. It was six last year. So you can understand it was bigger difference last year between Hayes. But Hayes still like he improved from last year. Yeah. I just I don't know. Oh well. Shall we move on? Sure. We do have one question, Dave White. Which by the way, Dave, welcome back. It's been a while. So yeah. he says, uh, has Hayes really hurt? Was Hayes really hurt all year, or is that an excuse for his poor offense? Last year it was his wrist. This year it was his back. I guess we'll never really know. We could ask Charles Jr., but his account's suspended. (laughs) Yikes. Jim's on a tear today. Uh, Yeah, like I feel there was certainly some something with him. But at the same point in time, there's something with every single MLB player by the end of the year. So I don't know how much of a factor it truly was with him, but yeah, there's the the injury. We're unsure what he really is. I don't know. I think it's more of this is kind of what he is, opposed to just he's always injured and it's coming next year. I, so, I'll I say I'll put this. Let me rephrase that. Like he's not gonna be this bad. Like I I can see improvement, but I don't think he's going to be that rookie guy that we saw. I think we're hoping to be about a league average. I mean, this is he was well below league average this year. I think we're yeah, hoping to be about a league average hitter. I think this is pretty much his floor, really. Yeah. I mean, I think he's kind of just an absolute mess at the plate right now. And he has been for two years, and there's a lot of work that has to be done with him. And I don't know what we see out of him, but at the very least, Jim brings it up all the time. He's still the most valuable player this year. He's still a three-war player. It's just a very painful three war to watch. It's like an invisible three war. Yeah. Like it's there and, and you can see that like you can yeah. see him defensively and like the value that he provides there. Like that is, mm, but not really. Well, I mean that eye test tells me it's not really there, Jim. <laughs> that's true. Some people apparently don't think it's there, but um, yeah, that's what's wild is even with how bad of an offensive year he had, he was still the, the Pirates most valuable player. Just, so. a, just imagine if he gets better at the plate. That's all you can kind of do right now. Yeah. Imagine 2020, but over the course of a whole year. Or, I mean, it's not even that. It's imagine him on a decent team where he's not relied on to be so proficient at the plate. That too. Like, if Brian Hayes is your number eight hitter, you know, yeah, then he's great. 
you live with that every day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good team. Hell, yeah. even like six or seven. Yeah, like if you're not if you're not relying on his bat, because but like right now he's been he's been a top five in the in the lineup pretty much every every game, and that's just he's just not a good enough hitter to to warrant that or provide value in those spots. Yeah, but neither was Yoshi or Van Meter, and they were there too quite a bit. So that's true. Yeah. I don't know, guys. What do you want to talk about? Do you want to get into uh, this upcoming offseason? Sure. I mean, there's not much else information to talk about. There's not much the Pirates can do. I don't know. We could talk about the playoffs a little bit, but I, I've kind of been disconnected. I'm rooting for the Phillies. That's all I'll say. I'm a little torn on who to root for. Like, I hate the, at, the same, at one point, I hate the Phillies. I get like Tyler is. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of like that, like, a lot of people hate the Astros. So it's one of those, like, I'll root for the Astros just because a lot of people hate them type of deal. So I don't know. I do like this, though. And this is for NS9 bets. Justin Verlander plus 1,000 to win World Series MVP. It's a good bet. He's got the game one start, probably get game four. And if there's a seven, he probably gets that. Yeah. You could, I could definitely see him going like with the Bumgarner role, where they're just yeah. gonna throw the hell out of him here. So if you're looking for an NS9 bet, that's that's it right there. But I'm rooting hmm. for the Phillies. So, uh, outside of rooting interests, I mean, who do you think is going to take it though? It's hard to it's hard to go against the Astros at this point. I mean, they haven't lost a game yet in the postseason. They just rolled through um, the uh, the Yankees. Just just crushed them. Uh, the Mariners put up a fight, right? Like, but lost every game. Uh, so it, it's tough. It's tough to go against them right now. The Phillies are, are hot, and, and when you have Nola and Wheeler like going, and Ranger Suarez now yes. too, where like if those three are on, then they got a shot, but. It's tough for me to pick against the Astros right now. I guess that's kind of where I feel. The Phillies got that underdog. We have nothing to lose, and they're hot. And Bryce Harper is playing out of his mind right now, too. Um, but, yeah, like the Astros are just so good. They're so complete. And that's part of it, too. Like, the Astros, yeah. they just keep churning, man. Like, this window, you thought that was almost closing because they lost Cole, and Morton's got, like, all the pitching they acquired – just still there just still there well like you talk about the pirates right and you talk about key brian hayes right i mean three he had three war the astros had five players in their lineup with three war or higher um six if you go down to two right pitching wise justin verlander was was back to his normal self um from valdez is really good all of a sudden, Christian Javier, another pretty good starting pitcher. So they're just they're they're deep. They're built for a, for the playoffs. They're built for their like. They're just a good team, for sure. And as Anthony says too, Alvarez the best player in the series. I mean, listen, listen, listen. We all know my love for Soto. I'll take note. Soto slander. He's the best player in MLB. 
but I, but I do understand Alvarez is out of his mind right now. And the, like, there's been the talks of is Alvarez basically wants Soto or better. And I get that. This dude's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> He's he had a really, really good year. Um, he's kept it up throughout the playoffs. He's been really he maybe like good. And the then most even, underrated like, player in baseball. Well, I don't I don't even think that because like you look at like Altuve too, and Altuve, I feel like like everyone knows who Altuve is and they know he's good, but like Al- Jose Altuve is had an incredible season. Like this is probably his best season of his career without looking. Second best, third best. Um but it's his best offense. Which speaks more to him. I mean, it's, yeah. he's having an amazing season. And it's his third yeah. best. It's his best offensive season of his career. Uh, and then he actually has struggled so far in the postseason. So, you know, if he wakes up, then then watch out. But, I mean, is it just the fact that he is, or I, I kind of what you're alluding to before earlier, too, is the Astros effect. Because he's an Astro, he's just not going to get the love because everyone wants to hate him. I think I think Altuve and Bregman kind of have that both. They, I'm they talking both. about Alvarez though. Oh, uh, I, I think Alvarez is different. I think Altuve and Bregman kind of still have that that uh, that stigma, like the trash yeah. can stigma attached to them. Whereas Jordan was after that, um, and same with like Kyle Tucker was after that. Jeremy Pena, obviously a rookie, um, but I feel like Altuve and Bregman are always just not going to get the credit they really deserve mm-hmm. because of that. So why is Alvarez not talked that much about? Because he's a DH. So is Big Poppy. Yeah. I think Jordan gets talked about quite a bit. I don't know. I, I... Okay. I think, I think he does. All right. <laughs> what do you think, Tyler? Go Phillies. All right. You get, I mean, the... You guys just said a lot about a lot of things that I don't care about, like the Astros. There you go. All right, man of the words. <laughs> but the Phillies also really solid squad. No, I, I I love Bryce Harper. Yeah, I, I, I like mean, Bryce I, Harper too. I've always liked Bryce. Harper. I love Bryce Harper. I'm rooting for the Phillies here. Um, the Astros. I, I I just don't like them. It is what it is. I want to be like Jim and be able to root for them because they're that hated team right now. But I just can't. They took too many Pirates have succeeded there in Charlie Morton and Garrett That's all I needed. It's like the Yankees right now. I don't want to watch Jameson Tyon or Garrett do well. I'm sorry. I don't care if they're good guys. I don't care. Okay. I want other people to be miserable like me. Yeah, I'm just in it. Like, uh, I got the uh, the just the MLB hat on. Yeah. I just want both teams to have Rob fun. Lowe action. It's one of those. Yeah, it, I mean, it really is one of those. Like, I don't have like a rooting interest. I don't have a team that I favor. Um, and I don't. I'm not like the. I hate the Astros at all costing either. It is what it is. Whatever. Um, I think it's gonna be a fun series though. And I've, I've definitely been the. On the uh, Bryce Harper is an overrated train. I've been on that train for sure. Mm-hmm. But by all means, do I not hate the guy so, or dislike him? I like him too. I think he's great on. for baseball. 
But I, I have thought he's overrated. I, and I, I am on the to the, If you look at his career in Starlight Marte, to be honest, they've been very similar. And no, they, uh, are. they are. But he right. has definitely turned on notch. I mean, he last year, this year, well, I should say really second half of last year. And then this year, he's, uh, I, I feel he's getting more equally rated now. <laughs> Yeah, I think the uh, Bryce Harper overrated slash I still like him train. Like, those things are not mutually exclusive. I can like him and still yeah. think he's slightly overrated. And that's where I've been. But I'm on the train now where, you know what? He's living up to it now. It took a little bit of time. And he's still, like, you know, 19 years old. <laughs> Do you know what the most, like, if you go, you know how baseball reference reference has most similar, like, mm-hmm. hitters? Yep. Do you know who Bryce Harper's most similar is up to this point of his career? Who? Guess. Stalling Marte. Barry Bonds. I was going to guess Barry Bonds. Jeez. Granted, that's so because Bryce, don't, that's don't because give me Bryce this. Harper he's over. Can... Don't give me this overrated stuff. Like he's up no, to this point of his listen. career, he's been Barry Bonds. No, when Barry Bonds take... came up at like twenty-two. Bryce Harper's up at nineteen, so he's got all the. He's got an extra like four years. I'm I'm telling like, look at a year to cool year, Jim. But the thing is, yeah, like this is, I, I will die on this train. When you take out his best season, that nine point three WAR, he's essentially been a three to four WAR player. That's and I and I jokingly say Starling Marte. I'm not talking about hitting profile by any means. But I'm talking about value. Starling Marte was like a four WAR player year in and year out, and that's what Bryce Harper has been. Up until kind of recently, but even still today, like he only has, even, he didn't I mean, I know this year was year. injury filled and that's why it's only 2.4 war, but only has two seasons over 4.4 war. The one year he had where he was that 9.3 war player. That was a bonds like season. Yes. And that was the I'll season was that. trout or Harper. I mean, think and about that. Bryce Harper was unreal that year. He has not lived up to that really at all, aside from that one year. He was a good baseball player. That's he that's was a borderline all star. A lot. He is that's he's where a I'm at. shoe he's, in Hall of Famer because he was 19. Maybe I like mean, the county numbers like, will be there. The guy, he's, to, the guy just needs to play baseball for the next eight years and he's in the Hall of Fame. He doesn't have to be like, he just has to play. He's a Hall of Famer. Like, no. Yes. I, yes, I can't disagree with that more. <laughs> like, look, like, pull up his baseball reference page and tell me he's not a Hall of Famer. The likelihood is he will that. be because he's at basically 44 war. He's 29 years old. Most like, similar by age, 28, Barry Bonds, 29, Barry Bonds. Like, yeah, but Barry okay. Bonds played until he was like 73 years old, Barry Bonds hitting 50 home runs at that age. I'm just saying, like the dude is on a the dude. He's as has as shoe in of a Hall of Famer as there is right now. I can't like, say he's a shoe in. No, he's not. Yes. Trout is a yes, shoe in. He is. Harper has to still do work. No, Harper has to do work. I'm just saying. He has to just play. He just has to play. Barry Bonds, yeah, to this oh. point. But Barry Bonds had an elite 30, age 30s season. No, we don't know what yeah, Harper's just, going I, to do. I understand. But Barry Bonds was also a Hall of Famer before all that. I don't think 
Harper's a Hall of Famer right now. All right. Well, you're wrong. So, I, I, I'm not. I am. I'm you're, not. You're, you're, side you're like, incorrect. No. And he he okay. He has 44.2 WAR and he's played 10 seasons. He's a 4.2 WAR a season guy. Like that's a good baseball player. No, if you do we that just over talked years, to Brian Hayes had three WAR season WAR being that's what ass. Albert Pujols did. Albert Pujols. That's Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols was a the machine. Like you're talking about Albert Pujols from 20 to to 30. I'm talking about Albert Pujols over the course of his career averaged four wins a season. Because his 30 to 40s was terrible. It doesn't matter. I'm just it does you, matter. It, it does matter. He just needs because to his twenties and thirties were so elite, and Harper was not elite. If Harper falls off, if Harper hits the other side of this mountain and starts falling off, he is not all of Famer. That's the problem. No, it wasn't elite enough in these 10 years. You don't look at these 10 years and say you're a Hall of Famer. If Trout were to just fall off a cliff next year, he's a Hall of Famer because he was elite. Harper has been good. He's a two-time MVP. Okay, because he had two elite seasons, and after that, he's been stalling effing Marte. How many two-time MVPs aren't Hall of Famers? Dick Grote. Bryce Harper. Barry Albert Pujols from age 21 to 30 never had a season under 6.8 war. Dick Bryce Dick Harper's Dick. only had two above 4.4. Like, do you see the difference? I'm not telling you. I'm telling Pujols I'm telling fell you, off a cliff. And because I'm, of that decade, dude. he was just so damn good. He is a shoe, a shoe and Hall of Famer. Harper's nowhere near that. He, he literally just has to play out his contract, and he's a Hall of Famer. If he plays out his contract, he oh, probably is because that contract's for 18 more years. It's not. It's not. <laughs> and he has a longevity. And if he plays it out, that means he was good enough to at least be a player. The, the contract is for eight more years. Can't be. It's not been five years already. It was a 13 year, wasn't it? Was it? Through nine, it was through 2031. Eight more years. The math is math in there, Donardo. So he's going to play eight more years, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, <laughs> oh damn it! Let's just. Neil says the same people who say Arenado passes the eye test will vote Harper into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> exactly. Let's... Jim, is Andrew McCutcheon a Hall of Famer? No, Thank but you. Andrew McCutcheon is also great. Like it's a great years older than Harper. Okay. Yeah, but through their age, like 30 season. McCutcheon was on a. No, he wasn't. No. Through Speak to us, Tyler. Bryce Harper's 31. Yeah. No, Bryce Harper's 30. He literally just turned 30 two no. weeks ago. Um, I don't believe you're correct. I could be he wrong. Is. He is. Okay. This well, is then, age yeah, that is right. Season. He is like a year older than me. This okay, is age 29. Let's just take a peek. He's here at Andrew McCutcheon through the age 30. Oh, look at that. That was 2017 where like all his war was accumulated. At a much faster pace than Bryce Harper. 2016 was McCutcheon's age 29 season. Yeah. Well, 
age 29, I don't like those little arbitrary numbers. Well, those are those are the numbers we're talking about. I call them. <laughs> <laughs> and McCutcheon had McCutcheon had 37 mm-hmm. WAR through age 29 season. Okay, he also didn't come up at 19. He didn't. I know. But he also wasn't a two-time MVP and seven-time All-Star. Okay. Oh, now we're naming All-Star. Hit. Yeah, when it comes to Hall of Fame, that stuff derby. matters. The stuff matters. This is why it the d- Hall of it, Fame is stupid. It does, and that's also why it's stupid, because it's also dumb that, I mean, the fan voting. It's dumb that Fernando Tatis was an All-Star this year. See, over here, Anthony knows ball right here. Is Anthony Manny Machado a Hall of Famer? And Manny Machado is a Hall of Famer, yeah. Like, yeah, he is. Manny Machado just needs to play out his contract. He's an Hall of Fame. All right. Jim's Hall of Fame is just put everyone in. Manny as Machado long, is yeah. one of the best. Part- as long as you participate until you're like 38 years old, you get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Here's the deal. If you're, if you're called it's a Hall up of to the longevity. majors, if you're called up to the majors when you're 19 or 20 and you just hit the ground running like, like Harper did, like Machado did, like Trout did, like Soto did, those people are going to go to the Hall of Fame. Just because they're going to they're going to put up all the counting stats that so allow like Justin them to do Upton. It. Justin Upton. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Um, what what what's that, Jim? He kind of hits Justin the ground running. I don't know. Justin Upton but... fell off a cliff. Oh, so that happens. It does. Justin Upton fell off a cliff, though. I like, mean, if he just you know, 26. Justin Upton's going to be a Hall of Famer. He fell off a cliff at age 26, and Justin Upton never had a season. Anywhere near like what Harper puts up. I don't know. Yeah. He was 19 and hit the ground running. He had a 62 OPS at age 19, 107, one, 62 OPS plus, and, and age 20 at 107. So he never hit the ground running like Harper. I'm just, it's, you have a bad argument. I mean, do you want to, I'll give you whatever odds you want. I'll make a bet with you right now. Bryce Harper's Hall of Famer. But Is, I, I can't. Because he's Bryce Harper. No get in because he he's he's been Barry Bonds up to this point. Great, but what is he going to be in the next decade? Because that solidified. And again, no, he, no, he's not. He just needs Barry to Bonds be a guy. He just needs to be a guy. Well, Barry Bonds decade. is in the Hall of Fame, so actually, yeah, good point. So he's not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> huh. Lawyered. I'm done. With <laughs> Does anybody does anybody want to join this this podcast? Barry, ba- uh, Barry Bonds again. put up like two 10 war seasons before he was 30. Three, 9.9, 9. 9.6, yeah. 10.5 at age 28. Like once again, the there's planet. no comparison. Well, there's literally baseball no reference actually says there is. So well, baseball reference is also dumb. They must get their yeah. stuff from SIS. Use fangrash, you nerd. It's, just, it's not close. Barry Bonds and uh, I'm bliss- listen. If Barry Bonds listen to this podcast, which he probably is, I'm just—he's disgraced right now. He should come through the screen and punch you right in the face, Jim, for even comparing Bryce Harper to Barry Bonds at this point. Okay, when when Bryce Harper is I mean, being inducted, Bonds into has the Hall of Fame. more WAR at age 25 to 29 than. When Bryce Harper's a first ballot Hall of Famer, I'm going to make sure I I let you guys remember this conversation. Tyler will be dead by then, and we're probably not going to be friends. So I don't care. 
And I'm not saying he's not going to be. I am not saying that he will not be a Hall of Famer, and that's not the mountain I'm, that's what you're saying. I'm standing on. But what I'm saying is I am not giving that him right now. You say he is going to be, and I am not. He I would does not say, deserve that type of credit. I would say he is in. If we're talking about people age 30, let's say age 30 and younger, who if I had to make a bet, like who's going to be a Hall of Famer, less than age 30, Bryce Harper is number one. Bryce Harper is number one. Juan Soto is number two. Just to put it here, Anthony asks, is, is Marte a Hall of Famer? No. Marte is a Hall of very wow. good player. Marte is also not getting in because he used words. But he's uh, he's not even going to be considered. He's just Correct. not. And and he shouldn't. And that's fair. And I'm not using the Marte to Harper thing to say Harper sucks as well. Like, I understand the age differences, whatever. But I'm just saying, like, most of his career, his value has been stalling Marte-esque. And that's not Hall of Fame stuff. No, Connor, you're, we are not friends you're, now. You're basically you're you're basically making like the Vinny Pirates bullpen argument, but opposite. No. Like if you take away if you take away Manny Banuelos's four worst uh relief not, appearances, he's actually a good pitcher. Taking it away. You're taking it away Harper. No, you said you said outside Harper's. That's two what MVP I'm getting season, at. Barry Bonds consistently did that year in and year out. Our pools did that year in and year out. Because Harper did it twice, I'm not going to compare him to two goats. Harper still has to produce over the next decade to get there. Pools had it locked up. Trout had it locked up. Bonds had it locked up. And the reason I had it locked up Harper is because they did what Harper did once for eight years of that decade. And the other part I think is that we're saying Harper did it twice. Harper did it once. He had another very good year. Very came last year and where yeah, he wasn't even Bonds an all-star because it all that. came in the second half. Like Again, I would pull very boss did that in their it sleep. It, like it, a six point six war, they did that in their sleep. Thank you. That's, that's all it is. Harper's been a very good player, but this is why I say he's overrated because people like Jim that are saying he's already a Hall of Famer. Yeah. For for what? For being a very good player. <laughs> for winning two MVPs before he turns 29. Great. Yeah, and that's probably the last one to win because he's about he's 30 and it's over. Turn the lights off. He doesn't maybe have he just to wasn't win selfish. That's the thing. And he doesn't have to win any. Maybe if he wasn't just selfish and Hall like, you know, kept all his production in one year, right? And like helped out the team every single year. And this is true. Universal DH will give Harper a boost. He'll play until he's 40. I mean, that, yeah, there's that potential as long as he does continue to hit. I'm not saying he won't, but I'm just saying he still has stuff to prove. He's not in there. Trout is in. Yeah. Harper is not in the same universe as a Mike Trout. No. I didn't say he was. You did by saying he's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, yeah. Just because you're in the Hall of Fame doesn't mean you're in the same universe as Mike Trout. Like, Mike Trout deserves a whole other. Okay. Whole other you reason. are comparing him to Barry Bonds. I'm not you comparing are... the very bonds. Baseball references, and you're using that for your argument to support it. So therefore, you're co-signing yeah. it, Jim. I didn't co-sign it. I'm just saying what I'm just relaying the information to you. You're the worst. 
And he says, I might never watch baseball again after tonight. <laughs> Connor is very nice Pirates offseason talk. This is the Pirates offseason talk. Yes. This is what happens when you don't have a show five minutes before the show. You're welcome. We talked about what we're going to do. We, we came together, and this is what we're discussed, and then we haven't even discussed that at all. Well, this when you so say stupid fault. things like Bryce Harper isn't a Hall of Famer, it's going to it's going to cause. We're not saying he's disgusting. not a goddamn Hall of Famer. We're saying he's not a that's goddamn what, Hall of that's Famer That's what Denardo's saying. That's what Denardo's no, saying. No, we're saying he's not a Hall of Famer right this second. If he retired today, he's not a Hall of Famer. Okay, I agree with you. I just said he has to keep what the hell are playing. we doing here? I said he has to keep playing. If no, he plays through his contract, no. he's a Hall of Famer. No, he could be yeah. terrible next year. No, he just has to play. No. If he just plays, he's going to have like 600 home runs. If he turns into Andrew McCutcheon, his, his second half of his career, is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Yeah, he is. No, yeah. he's not. Yes. You dumb dumb. He's going to end up. With his his counting stats are going to be through the roof. So Andrew McCutcheon is basically averaging about a one and a half WAR season. So if he he averages one and a half WAR over the next eight years, that's twelve more WAR. He's in the Hall of Fame probably. Two time MVP. Cool. So then he's, he's going to be he's going to be a ten time All Star. So I'm sorry. And that's also that not going to happen. That's also he, not going to happen. He's going to. How do you know that? Because he's really good. So McCutcheon's never, never done anything that, that like Harper has before. What are we what? doing here? <laughs> what the hell are we doing here? Was nowhere near Harper's best season. What? Just telling you. This is nuts. This is asinine. <laughs> All right, whatever. What are we doing? Let's move here? on. I don't know. Let's move on. Okay, so what are we going to talk about the, <laughs> this uh, offseason for the Pirates? How dumb Jim is. That's been recognized right now. Yeah, that's true. What a dumb dumb. I don't even know where to go. Like, my brain's fried right now. I don't even remember where we were going to take this. <laughs> What questions do you guys have about the Pirates offseason? I guess we will answer those. Feed us because I'll, I'm done. I have no more capacity. Like, here we go. Right, here we Bryce go. Harper does not put up three, four, five seasons Let's... back to back. <laughs> to back. Anthony asks at the very beginning of our show which Pirates pitchers will be negatively affected by rule changes, including defensive restrictions and pitch clocks. My answer, all of them. I think all of the pitchers still were negative. I mean, like, what the – that's a half-assed – Well, no. That's something I would expect from Brian. Like, there's no effort into that at all. No, but for real. The new rule changes, I think, will help offenses. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, obviously, the shifting. Well, the, the lack of shifting will allow more balls in play to become hits. So that's one. Number two, pitch clock – means less time to recover between pitches, which means you probably lose a little bit of velocity, 
which also will then mean more hard contact against you. Um, so I think it will negatively impact all pitching as a whole. Now, if you're asking me like which specific pitchers, I think relief pitchers get get the brunt of the impact here. So hard throwing relievers, <laughs> hard throwing relievers are probably your most impacted players by these rule changes, I think. So luckily for the Pirates, they don't really have any like 100, 100, 100, two mile an hour pitchers out there that other than Junior Fernandez, right? And who, who gives a shit, right? Um, and the bullpen, as far as bullpen goes. But yeah, I think those are your guys impacted. So I, I guess Luis Ortiz, maybe, you know, high, high velocity guy. Bednar could potentially be in a, a guy who takes a step back. Um, yeah, those, those would be my two answers right there. My biggest one is one to be discussed actually this season as well is Mitch Keller. Um, that's what, that's where I worry. Like, and I'm not saying he's going to turn to a pumpkin next year. Right. But, you know, adding that two seamer and being able to get outs in the way that he was able to do when his stuff isn't on was a big improvement for him. And that's what made him effective. And he turned in a lot of double plays, got a lot of ground out pitches when he needed to. And what happens when those don't happen this upcoming season? And again, this isn't to say that he's going to turn into like a six ERA pitcher again, but I could certainly see him taking a step back. However, with that said, these rule changes affect everyone, like Jim says. So it doesn't mean like he's going to just become like he, he might take a step back, but so does the league. And that gap's not going to be tremendous. You know what I mean? In that sense, like he still could be a very good pitcher next year, but I could see it probably affecting him the most. Keller's ground ball rate went up about 9% this year. From and his, I feel like he got, I don't know what the numbers are, but I feel like he got. <laughs> A lot luckier on double play balls. <laughs> yeah, like he almost got them every single time they needed them. So I really did. Mitch Keller is the first one that comes to mind, obviously, because of the two seamer. I think you can throw JT Brubaker in that mix too. You didn't see the spike in the ground balls, but we saw that home run rate drop. He's another guy that switched to that two seamer. The other thing I'm going to be interested just in general to watch is going to be O'Neill Cruz, the shortstop playing the true like old school shortstop position, not being positioned differently. Um, we might see that athleticism really flash there, but we also might see it hurt him a hair just cause he's maybe not. He, we might see a spike in airs there because there's going to be a lot more ground to cover that he's probably not used to because the shift's been around pretty much since he came or he was in the minors. So mm -hmm. he's he's used to playing, you know, right behind second base, moving the other side of the diamond. So I'm just more interested in watching that. I don't know what it's going to do to him. It could be good for him. Could be very bad. So, so I agree with answer I to which pitcher like, is going to be highly affected is the shortstop. No, I, I said well, no, I, I agree with Mitch Keller. It. And I then I also said JT. But your whole dialogue was yeah. about O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, sounds like sure. you know we haven't we haven't hit our our Cruz Cruz quota yet on the show today. So let me just transition this to some Cruz talk. All right. Well, then if we're still going at, it, I'm also very interested to see how it helps him at the plate. So that I was getting to that. So I think Cruz in particular, um, because he hits the ball so hard on the ground to his pool side, 
quite often. I f I'm really interested to see how like his batting average of balls and play goes up. Because uh, like all those all those ground balls where there was a second baseman playing shallow right field, right? Those are singles now. You know, whereas before they were four three ground outs. Uh, and and I also I'm also curious on like high contact guys. Like I said it before, this is why I, I think you keep somebody like Kevin Newman. Cause like, I just want to, I want to like, I want like one year of like a sample size to just like see like, what could Kevin Newman be if there's no shifting? I just want to bring this up too. Anthony says, I think not standing on outfield grass has more impact than two guys on either side. Um, going to your cruising as well. I think, mm -hmm. Obviously, not having two guys, but the grass thing. I mean, that ball's screaming down wherever it's being hit. And the closer you are the to, you know, Ono Cruz, the harder yeah. it is to get to the ball as well. So, yeah, I think that's going to be impacting him as well. So, yeah, on the hitting side as well, I am I'm very optimistic about Ono Cruz next year. I am too. And to Anthony's point there, like he brings up, you know, you need a range of your right fielder, but. I feel like you also need a rangier second baseman. Like, I, I, like in the last decade or so, I feel like teams have kind of used second base as a spot to to put, you know, maybe slower guys who can hit a little bit more. And now those guys are going to have a lot more ground to cover because before you could just move them fifteen feet into right field, right? And it, that, that created that created range for them, right? Uh, so at speaking second, of slower guys to second base. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. So so like I think second like somebody like having like some, having somebody like Castro at second base, I think is going to be a big plus as to having somebody like Neil Walker, right? Like Neil Walker wouldn't be able to thrive as much in a no shifting environment, you know, as as opposed to somebody like Castro. And if we're talking about all rule changes and we're just throwing pitchers out the window everyone, again going to Eleanor Cruz with the bigger bags. The stolen bases. I mean, we know stolen bases will definitely go up next year. Like the potential of what Cruz can do on the bags as well. Well, I think the biggest thing with the with the base pads is the pickoff rules, right? So you know, being able being able to only throw over twice. You know, if you throw over a third time and you don't get them out, it's a balk. You know that that takes away a lot of your ability as a pitcher to hold runners on. Uh, so yeah, I could see like I said, not only the bigger bases, but you know being able to lose that ability to just throw over four times. You know, you can't do that anymore. Really? You got one shot. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're not going to want to screw up that second one. I mean, if you throw over the second time, he's gone. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like you, you can't screw it up because if right. he's still safe, well, <laughs> yep. I'm getting a giant lead. Yes. I'm just walking to second base. <laughs> Yeah. So as basically as much as I hate the role changes, I'm I'm kind of excited, I guess. Just to see what it does. We did see the minor league numbers really drop on game length. And that 20 minutes a game's a big deal. Like that's yeah. that's like no. a couple hours of your week. Oh, we know. Yeah, right. No, but I mean, if, I mean, I, I've attended a few minor league games over the past couple of years, and it's it's noticeable. Like, it's noticeable how much quicker the game's going. I and used to be so against that too. Yeah, but now I'm just getting old and curmudgeon, and I just want the game to end quicker. <laughs> well, it's because you're watching Pirates baseball. True. Yeah. 
But soon enough, that might be exciting to watch. And you'll be, you know, one of those 20 minutes to see. Well, we'll see. And if we'll not, see. we get it to a post game show 20 minutes quicker. Which means we get the shell 20 minutes sooner. Or Call of Duty, which I will be playing tomorrow. Not Jim. Not Jim. I might get Call of Duty. I might get that. I might get it. I will be on. Did it come out today? I believe tomorrow, 28th. Okay. So in two hours. Midnight. Midnight. Yeah, I'll be sleeping. Um, so if there's any more questions, <laughs> we'll take those. But well, yeah, I don't amazing. know, man. We're, this, we're almost oh, at yeah. an hour. We're almost at an hour. And we came in of... with nothing to talk about. Told Bryce you, Harper lies. We'll do that. We all know zero. That's why we need two more people. That's absolutely correct. We need two more people because doing a post-game show 162 times is just mentally defeating. And we didn't even do it 162 times. We, we started it yeah. in June, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. So we only had like two-thirds of the season this year. It was a grind. Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about them a hundred and probably twenty times this year after every game. So we have something from Neil. So yeah. Neil says more major league innings in twenty twenty three. Mike Burrows, Quinn Priester, Heath <laughs> Embry. Well, not the last one. I feel Technically, like be... he was finished with the Dodgers, but I don't think there's going to be a reunion. <laughs> be a reunion between him and the Pirates this upcoming year. So I guess it comes down to Priester or Burrows. Well, Embry could pitch for another team. I'm saying I don't. True. Oh, yeah. so it's not technically. Oh, okay. So not with the Pirates in general, just yeah. who has more major league innings. Okay. More major league innings. I would Fair. lean Burroughs there. I would lean Priester. I'm now going to lean Embry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do think it'll be Burroughs, though. I think he gets the first shot there. Because he's not the prize prospect. So he's probably the first one up. I feel he's closer. I, I'm, I'm with Tyler that I feel like if there's going to be the, the first guy called up, it's probably him. I just don't know how they're go, both going to be used. Because Terribly. as we talked about with this rotation hand to this season, you know, you have JT, you got Mitch, there's Rowanzi. You're probably looking at a, another veteran or teases there. Like, I don't know how the innings would be split up. I think it would be, even though he's the first, I think it could be pretty even at the end of the year. And I'm Here's sticking with him. The one thing with Burroughs you got to kind of keep in mind is like, yeah, he, he, he had more time in AAA, but he didn't really look good either. So... Whereas Priester did. I don't know. I, I actually think Priester's like the more polished pitcher right now from a, from a terms of major league repertoire. And like, like if you needed somebody, like if you needed somebody to pitch one game right now and you had to choose between Priester and Burroughs, I would go Priester. Um, which makes me think he, I, I, I think would. he gets, I think Priester's called up first. But let me present this too, 
because I mean, with this question, so like think about this past year, Ronzi fit the mold of Priester, but Ronzi was in a dire need. He like there was nobody to call up other than Ronzi at that point right. in time. That's how he got the early you know call up. And I think the Pirates are going to be in a very, very different situation this year that none of those good guys could be touched before June. Is that also right. fair to say? I think that's fair because you have people like, you know, like Oviedo, right, to start games if you need to, or uh, who knows what they're going to do with, like, Ortiz. Um, I, I would imagine he starts in the rotation, but, you know, I don't know. He also could be an indie. Right. So, I, I – I don't know. I think I think Priester has a better chance of coming up in June and sticking in the rotation the entire year. That might be a fair way to look at it. Um, yeah, I you could be right there, Jim, with him coming up there in June after Super Two, which will be stupid again, and I'm sure we'll discuss it nonstop about how he shouldn't wait till June, but. Yeah, he's he he could be the first arm up if everything goes well with him in Triple A. Burroughs could be a guy that's up for a game and then down, then up for a game and then down. I could see that. I can see either. I don't know. It's gonna be There's... tough. I think they're both would be close at the end of the year though. As much as I hate to say it, there are some arms to be excited about. We're we're almost to that point. It's okay. You don't have to hate to say it. <laughs> I don't like being positive. I know, but the difference though, Tyler, is you're not here saying that well, once those guys come up, you know, this team is a wild card team because you know they got pretty heroes. Like you're not saying stupid things. You can be optimistic, and that's fair, because there are some exciting arms there's there's reason to be optimistic you know we talked about burrows you see ortiz there is priester there's talent we don't know how it's going to translate but there's things you want to see and it's coming and you can be optimistic about it you're just not being a dumb dumb and saying that well you know what this team's going to do damage next year if you focus on the pitching i mean i don't really know what you're talking about <laughs> really though you look at it you got keller you got Contreras, you got ortiz you got burrows you got priester there's there's some stuff to finally work with at the upper level. It's been it's a coming. long time of not working with much, of clinging to a Bryce Wilson figuring it out, or a Zach Thompson coming back from some like mirage of a season. And like we talk about how Casho can change the dynamic of things because yeah. he can be that guy came out of nowhere. Like that's what Luis Ortiz presents as well. Well, you saw it of him, and now maybe he's something else. That's why you have this excitement. You're not relying on like Burroughs and Priester, and they have to turn. So, like, you also have Ortiz here, and maybe Oviedo. I know we're all kind of he's the bullpen role type of guy, but you're going to give him an opportunity. He still has some exciting things to him. Probably a you know a bullpen guy, but there's talent there, and it, you didn't have talent with Zach Thompson. You didn't have talent with Bryce Wilson. These guys have talent. Realistic time frame, we will see Termar Johnson. Um, my guess there, if everything goes right, June of 2025, 
probably. Sounds if everything right. goes right. Yeah. Let me I ask you math. this. Who's going to be the GM that calls him up? Let's add another wrinkle to that question. It'll be Ben Sherrington. Okay. I don't know. If... I think it'll be Sherrington. I don't want it to be Sherrington. I mean, they're... Ben Sherrington's not getting fired in the next two years. He could. I think the safe way yeah. to say he's not. No. But can you imagine if it's two could. years from now and we're still doing this? Talking about this bad team. And Ben Sherrington's still the GM. I don't know how true. Uh, okay. I, I have I have a viewpoint in a theory. Okay. You keep hearing, and again, there's smoke, there's you fire. But you keep hearing like nutting is just not, Nutting is the main reason that Reynolds is here, if anything. I don't know if Charrington even wants to train him or not, but Nutting is just like, we are not training Reynolds. He's a star. He's Pittsburgh. He's here. We can disagree on why he's still here if they're going this trajectory. But I don't, like, what if this team still keeps punting and they're not good? And now Brian Reynolds is in his last year and they haven't been able to have Reynolds in a winning season. Does Nutting at that point in time? Just get upset and, and you can Charrington. And things have to go wrong. I, I, I know we we are down on the rebuild, but it's not as if it's a total disaster and you just see like this is nothing's gonna come from this. Like they'll be they'll be good enough in two years, regardless. I feel they they but will be better how than they good are enough now will they be at that point in time with Brian Reynolds still on the team and nothing just says this was a whole disaster. And says you're gone. I think my thing though is like, if the team shows any sort of improvement though in the next two years, Charrington will still be here. Now, if the next two years we're still looking at back-to-back hundred lost teams, then maybe there's a chance. But I don't, I don't even see that as being two years good. from now you're a ninety lost team. I think two years from now you're a ninety lost team. You're like we're making progress. And Reynolds is nutting. And Reynolds isn't signed to an extension. Team's getting better. If they're a let's, 90 let's loss team through. in two years, I might go ape shit. But I think I think that's where it's at. Like I feel like if they are a 90 loss team in two years and Reynolds doesn't sign an extension and he's just still there wasting away, I think that is that point. I know it, People don't come at me saying, you know, the nutting apologist or whatever. And I listen, he doesn't talk at all, but he did talk a little bit at the last regime. And I don't know how true it is, but he he made it a point to say he's tired of seeing all these guys go elsewhere and succeed. Like he's tired of seeing this stuff. And again, hearing that he's kind of heading like I want Brian Reynolds to be here, probably doesn't want to see Brian Reynolds go anywhere else. And I just kind of feel like if if this team isn't, he he might he might have that fire on him to finally do something where he didn't have like, you know, I think a lot of us were surprised that Neil Huntington even was fired. Yeah, it was like it was his time to go. Like but I, I mean but, but it, just keep it, it going. It t- I mean, it was like pulling teeth getting him fired though. Yeah. 
I would. I mean, they, I'm just they, saying. I would be very surprised if, if in 2025, if Ben Sherrington's not the GM. I think if there's still a 90 loss team after 2024, it's very possible he's gone. That's kind of where I'm at. And I do think it's going to be hard to be a 90 loss team at the end of that season, even with the way this rebuild's going and such. But if they are, I just feel like this has been a failure. Like this has been a failure. Like, and I need someone who's point, not going to be a failure. Especially if they're not showing like any signs of life. It's not a collapse like 2012, which probably saved Neil Huntington his job, or they at least showed something. If it's just a 90 loss team, it's slightly got better. And all these prospects are not panning out, but they're just slightly better than what they have. I think it's very possible he's gone. 90 lost teams come in many different ways. That's fair. You can be a 90 lost team in uh, like the Giants. I can't remember if they were 90 lost at the point, but I mean, they underperformed very, very badly. So I guess that's also kind of fair. 81 and 81. What? The Giants? The Giants. I'm talking about like some years ago, though. In their whole mix of going to the World Series and then not. Yeah. Gotcha. There was one year I felt like they really, really underperformed. It might be like three or four years ago. I mean, no, but it could be a, I mean, a smart owner would probably fire Sherrington and hire someone that wants to go sell off prospects to go for a win. All right, you accumulated them. Get the hell out of here. Let me bring in someone that's going to take us to the finish line. Like Dombrowski? I mean... <laughs> Could you imagine if Sheraton got fired and replaced with Dombrowski again? <laughs> and Dombrowski just makes like two or three moves and boom, the Pirates won the World Series. <laughs> Flags fly for Oh, that would be funny. That would be funny. And I agree with Anthony. Andy Rodriguez is already deserving of the Hall of Fame as well. Absolutely. Up to this point of his career, he's been, he's been Bryce Harper too. He's probably hit way better than Bryce. He has hit way better than Bryce Harper in the minors. So, yes, correct. Which means he's also Barry Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> Two the most infamous hitters in baseball history: Barry Bonds from the Pirates, Barry Bonds, and Andy Rodriguez. Bryce Harper. Bad- Bryce Harper had a We've talked about the 2024 offseason that we did the 2022 offseason. Bryce Harper had a 941 OPS in the minors. Mm, so not yeah, as good as Indy. Yeah. And he had this that year. whole like phase where he had to get contacts or something. I don't remember. Couldn't see the ball. Did Jim flip me off? No. Okay. okay. I should, though. Phil says this organization will never chase free agents. So unfortunately, the Pirates must build from the ground up. That is what the Pirates must do, no matter who the GM is. I mean, I, I do agree to that to an extent. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, they you need have to, to get free agents, though. They need to establish to a core, right? I mean, they need to have a core group of players, but you do need help from the outside. I mean, you look, you look when the Pirates had those good, good years: 2013, 2014, 2015. They're, yeah, they had Andrew McCutcheon, they had Garrett Cole, they had Starling Marte, um, they had you know Jordy Mercer, you know, on those teams was part of those. But 
they also had Russell Martin and Cervelli and Burnett and Liriano and Burnett, Liriano, uh, Volquez. Uh, you know, they, they had a lot of guys come in. The entire bullpen. <laughs> that, that they had to supplement those core guys with. And without those outside free agents, they they would not have been as good as they were. So it, it takes a little bit of both. Like they they've got to hit on free agents when they when they go that route, um, but they also need to they also need to develop some homegrown talent for sure. And that's the thing we keep talking going back to too is like they they hit well on the free agents, and that was a point of time where like the Pirates are praised for their scouting and analytics, you know, being the forefront of things. You know, they saw things. They saw what Russell Martin was when he was just an outcast for the Yankees. They saw what AJ Burnett could be when he was an outcast for the Yankees and such. Like they, they saw these guys at Target. They brought them in for very cheap deals. And we just don't know if the Pirates had that in them going forward as well. That entire, also, that entire team was not built on us, like any of Neil Huntington's drafting. It was Garrett Cole, is, Pedro Alvarez. Garrett Cole, Pedro, Pedro, yeah. Right. So, yeah, like – a small market team like the Pirates, you're going to have to build a core this way, but you do have to supplement it because there's no way you're going to find 26 players all from internal methods and they all hit and be good, you know? So you are going to have to supplement it. And I think that's some of the things too that like we talk about. Like Andrew McCutcheon was a star and we're hoping O'Neill Cruz can be and such, but like this, this rebuild seems to lack star quality. Like there is no Garrett Cole as far as your ace goes, you know, like Ronzi will never be a Garrett Cole. Kello will never be a Princeton. Like none of those guys will ever be those. Like there's probably, we hope O'Neill Cruz will be, but the chances are he's probably not going to be an Andrew McCutcheon. He might be a Bryce Harper and that would be good, but he'll never be an Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> No, I agree with you. It's <laughs> <laughs> they they really don't have that star power aside from O'Neill. But we've talked about it at length about O'Neill possibly being just raw talent, the most talent in baseball. That and yes. But aside from him, there's there's not another guy. Henry Davis is probably a good base major league baseball player. Quinn Priester's probably a good major league pitcher. Ronesy's probably a good major league pitcher. There's not an ace. And aside from O'Neill, which is super boomer, boomer bust, there's not another guy waiting in the wings to do that. I think like the best way to put O'Neill Cruz in NFL terms, like at the very worst of what O'Neill Cruz is and what he presents is he's number four picked in the NFL draft going to an Al Davis Oakland Raiders. <laughs> Because that's what he had. like the tools. Because, everything is just every every player two. that went to the Raiders, right? Just like the most exciting player in the draft. They didn't all work out, but like that's what Neil Cruz is. You're just hoping that he will work out as well. Now I want to see Neil Cruz play football. Like as a I want to see him do everything. I know you, you probably don't remember Tyler because out. you just turned thirty the other day. But do you remember back in the day when they had like all those different athletes do on all those different stuff? Like they had like the dunk contest, like Deion Sanders. And like, I would just love that to come back and see Ono Cruz do all these different sports. Anthony does bring up a good point about Andy. I always forget about him. Andy could be really good. I think Andy could be really good too. 
He might be the best prospect in this organization. Now, O'Neill Cruz, though. O'Neill Cruz is going to win an MVP before he leaves Pittsburgh. And then he's going to be a Hall of Famer, according to Jim. He, well, he already is. So he wins one. Well, yeah, O'Neill Cruz is going to win an MVP. look up his MVP. baseball reference page right now. I don't know if he'll be a Hall of Famer, but O'Neill Cruz is going to put together a season that's completely ridiculous at some point in the next, like, four years. With what it's going to be like a 10 war season. Calling it. With what team? The, the Pirates. The Pirates. They're going to give him a wander deal. He's going to be a Pirate for life. Jim is feeling very optimistic tonight. I do feel bad that I always forget about Andy. I don't know how I do. I just forget he exists. It's not that I, I forget, but I'm not ready to go there with him yet as far as like a superstar. I'm comfortable saying he could be a very good player at this point, but I'm not ready to put him like in cutch because I mean, this year was great, but like it was this year. I guess that's kind of why he's he, a really good hitter. Like he can just, he is flat out. I know the things he has done in the minors has not really been done by a pirates minor leaguer. Yeah. I'm just not ready to go there yet. That's all. All right. It's fine. MLB pipeline over here. This org needs Cy Young winners with an S. I don't think we have any of those. I don't think we have any of those in the organization, unfortunately. No. But I mean, like they didn't beforehand. I, I don't think they need Cy Young winners, but something of course they do lack is you probably do though like here's the deal if you want to win playoff series and you want to win a championship you do need like a bona fide ace and like a really good number two who are both up there in the conversation for Cy youngs why were the powers bounced every time didn't have one of them well they had one in 2015, and he was off that one game. Well, he also kind of just fell apart in the back half of that season. But, but even but regardless, Jim, you, like, Jim says it yeah. all the time, though. Like we can, the a good team can get by with five Mitch Kellers. You're not winning a playoff series. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know if you need Cy Young winners, but you need Cy Young contenders. You need two. Yeah, yeah, I'm with it. And so I, Anthony asked this question in, on Twitter. Not really asked like a question, but like, you know, how, how do the Pirates emulate the Astros and such? And like, I feel like for, for one, the Astros were on the forefront. They saw something. I mean, might have been cheating. They saw, but they, they saw something. They targeted pitchers. They acquired, like, the one thing about the Astros is like, really, they didn't develop pitching. All the pitching really came from the outside for the most part. That's what got them there. Today, though, is completely different. Yeah. Outside of Verlander, who they made a shisty ass trade for because none of those guys at the Tigers got turned into anything. But then they did, of course, resign him. Pirates, I don't think they're going to pony up $33 million a year type of money to a guy for that. But you look at the guys now, like in that rotation, Jim, you talk about all of them. All of them are international free agents. All of them. Mm. And that's the one thing, too. You talk about international, it's mainly hitters, right? Usually, 
you don't find too many pitching. All the Astros, like for the most part, the pitching, all developed internally, all international um, free agency. Like, that's where they came. They developed now. And so, like, that's a team that's a large market and spend money. Pirates, you figure, aren't going to go and do that. But, like, they have to develop pitching. They absolutely have to. Yeah. And, and like I said, the Astros have that one obvious ace, right? They're, they're Cy Young winner, right, with Verlander. And then they've got a really good number two in, in Valdez. Um, and that, I feel like their number two kind of switches around from year to year. But, you know, they have the, the budget where they can kind of make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what – I mean, the Pirates, in order to, to, to develop a pitching staff like the Astros – you need to, I mean, you need to have that ace, like that, that ace. And we just don't have that yet. Like you can call uh, Contreras an ace all you want, but like Contreras and Verlander aren't in the same stratosphere. And I'm very comfortable saying they never will. And that's just what Probably. it is. And Rones, he's a good pitcher and you can be excited for right. that, but he's not that guy. He's Yeah, he's not Justin Verlander. I mean, Justin Verlander is a walking six-four pitcher just by by going out there every year, and when he's really good, he's higher than that. And if you if the Pirates want to get to that level, there's nobody really in the minors I don't think that are going to be that really good ace caliber guy. They almost have to get lucky again with a Liriano type of signing, because Liriano, when he was at his best there in 2013, was lights out. They essentially need to get lucky in that kind of deal because they're not going to go trade for a Verlander type of guy that has a big contract. They're never going to be that team. The other option too is, I mean, if you land, I mean, so, so, you know, the, the lot, the lottery's going to, I don't know exactly when that is. I think it's in December when they do the the draft lottery. Right. Um, you land number one overall pick and, and you, you draft a clear cut ACE, right. First yeah. overall or second That's- overall. I don't know what next year's college class is going to look like, but like if there's a a college ace out there, like maybe you go with that, and you know you've got somebody who can you can kind of fast track to the majors like Garrett Cole was. Yeah, that speeds it up a whole yeah, lot. That that helps if that if there's a guy like that available. Right. the The other option I was going to get to as well, and it goes with Justin Verlander. You're not going to be able to sign a guy. You're not going to go out there and go and, and sign Justin Verlander, but like. As I just mentioned, the Astros gave up nothing. Nothing that the Astros traded for has done anything basically in the majors, except for like the one catcher who's really done nothing in the majors for the Detroit Tigers. So I guess like what I'm getting at is that another possible way they can do this is they enter the season with, in the way as you put it, like the five Mitch colors, right? Mm-hmm. Then the trade line comes up and then they target that ace to get them through through the playoffs. That, that's the way they could. And like yeah. there's one thing that Ben Charrington has done he 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 has collected prospect capital. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they are gonna have to make trades. And by no means we're saying like this is gonna happen this year, or next year, right? Like there's no yeah. point of adding a Justin Verlander or the trade deadline this upcoming years, but that's that's also a way of doing it that the pirates can get that guy without having to really give up much to get that guy, whether it's financial money or you know, trade capital for controllable guys for that length of time. No, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, you look at, say, 
like if the Brewers all of a sudden start being terrible, right? And it's 2024 and you're in the playoff hunt and you trade prospects for a year and a half of Corbin Burns. Right. You know, like that's, that would be, that, 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 that's the play, right? Yeah. Cause they can't go out there and, and sign a and, free agent. Cohort. And again, like what I'm going to is impossible. Just the half year, you know, like right. it could just be like, it's that year that you, you got it. Yeah. Think about like David price. Exactly. Pirates exactly didn't get it, but you know, like if the Pirates went and got the David price, like that's the guy that they never had. And that's mm-hmm. a way of you could potentially doing it. And I know like in the Astros sense, they didn't give up much and you might end up, but it's like, is it worth getting David Price at that point in time? You don't have that. Like Jim says, you need it. That's a way that they could potentially do it, right? The year that they feel like it's it's strong, it's good. They open right. up the trade, you know, the prospect Even, wallet, whatever you want to call it, and they go and get that guy, that Verlander of that year for the half season and make that deal. Even the Brewers going back to CeCe, where they just threw yeah. the hell out of him. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Oh, my like, God. They, they, they threw, threw the that. hell out of him. Oh. <laughs> it was every four days. They he have like half a season. Yeah. They got a year and a half worth of value out of him. <laughs> but no, I mean that's offensively that's a good point. too. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably the way that you go about it is yeah. you know build a build a solid team, right? Be in contention around the deadline, and then make a move for that ace because right. you're going to have teams selling off. And Especially that's the, where like the depth of the organization will come into play. Yeah. And that's especially the way the trade deadline's gone, where you're not giving up that top flight talent to that's get true. that rental ace. You know, it, even in the David Price days, it was different. It was different with CC, absolutely. Hmm. Now, I mean, what are you giving up? Your fifth best prospect for half a year of an ace? Yeah, it's definitely different now. And again, like if your farm's deep enough, that number five won't sting. It's right. it's worth it. When you're far, like when you're a team that doesn't have a deep farm, that might sting because you don't, you might not have that prospect next year to make that trade again or whatever. Where the Pirates could essentially do that. Well, and depending too on like if you are if you're dealing from a position of strength, right? Like, like you know, like if this year if the Pirates were were good, like let's just pr- play pretend and the Pirates were good this year, like. Would you feel comfortable trading Pagero for two months of of an ace? Probably. That's fair. Depending where you stand. I, you like know, if, yeah. if that's what yeah. you feel is going to get you over the hump, it yeah. might sting. But was it worth it? Yeah. So no, I think I I, I think that's the move. Yeah. I agree. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's a good point too. But yeah, Dodgers have only traded low-level guys who have turned into Jordan Alvarez and O'Neill Cruz. Like, imagine that as well. The Dodgers, you know holy hell! Dodgers don't care. Well, <laughs> they also can afford. The Dodgers don't care game. that they traded those two guys. The Dodgers also got Tony Watson for O'Neill Cruz. Like, if you're giving me like a Justin Verlander for O'Neill Cruz, and I get a World Series out of it, oh well. Right. Oh, well. It just, again, though, they have some of the best. Yeah. Ev- everything. They're just, yeah. they're top tier, except they're for getting well, into the World Series. Well oiled Jim machine. said it well. 
they don't care. They're doing fine. Right. Yeah. They'll just sign them in six years. Right. If they want them, they'll just get them. They'll just take them. Like they're going to do Aaron Judge. They're just going to sign Aaron Judge this offseason. We'll see. Well, guys. Are we done? Yeah, let's be done. Did we even talk about the 2023 offseason? I felt like we talked more about 2024, 2025. We got an entire offseason. We'll talk about the offseason later. The the season's still going on, so nothing can really happen yet. So I guess once again, to wrap this up before we do go, yes, if you're interested in joining North Shore 9, reach out to us. We are looking. uh, We'll announce what we're doing here soon. And let everyone who's reached out to us know what we're doing as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess that's it. So I really appreciate everyone for watching and listening for a show that we had no idea what we were doing. Hour and 28 minutes. We're the best. All right. Can I go to bed? Except for Jim. He's a dumb dumb. All right, we're out. See you later. Bye bye. See you guys.